In a world where chronic DVD and Blu-ray acquisition disorder runs amok, Colin faces a daunting task. With a collection of over 1,200 titles, can he bring himself to watch the 65 films that sit on his shelves, unwatched, unloved, and still under wraps? Hello and welcome to another episode of Still Under Wraps. My name is Colin and with me as always is my son and film-watching compadre, Thomas. Hi. Hello. Hello. And what have you been up to this week? This week I've been uh, doing a lot of things for an online thing and definitely not getting enough sleep. And whose fault is that? Uh, that's mine. Yes, it is. It is your fault and your fault alone. Yes, I have acknowledged this. I believe you've also come up with yet another segment jingle. Yes, I have. Which we may or may not hear uh, later on in the uh, episode. Who knows? Depends on whether I stick it in, I guess. Yep. Um, look, for those of you who don't know, I collect DVDs and Blu-rays. Now, there is a reason for that. I haven't explained the reason. We have a limited budget and a very large family. So hundreds of kids literally, you know, hanging from the roof. And yep. there are a lot, aren't there? Yep, we've got a couple under the house. couple under the house, Samantha and Alex, who yep. haven't been seen for many a year, but they are still under there. We do hear them occasionally. Yep. Um, so going to the movies is a very, very rare event. It just costs a fortune. So usually we wait until the movie that they want to see, the kids want to see, comes out on DVD. Um, and I do the same uh, because I like to watch movies again quite often. And so it is financially a better option for us. Mm. It, it's pay a certain amount to have one person see it once or pay slightly more to have multiple people see it as many times as they wish. That's right. The only downside of this is that I don't get to have boysenberry ice cream as often as I'd wish. No, I don't either, but that's because I'm, I'm not particularly fond of it. Okay, so that's the explanation on paper. It does not explain the fact that in amongst all these hundreds of DVDs, there are a number that I still haven't watched and are still in their nice wrap of cellophane, still unwatched, unloved and still under wraps. Yes, it's, it's still above 60, isn't it? It is. And that also explains the reason for this podcast. Um, what got me enthusiastic about podcasting was, in fact, a Rode microphone competition, which the promo for this podcast was my entry to that so that I could hopefully win some stuff. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. No. It was drawn yesterday and... Did not win. However, because I was one of the first 500 entries, I did get a, well, it's in the mail apparently, yes. a pair of roving microphones to plug into my non-existent Apple device. Yes. So that will be very handy. I mean, it's designed and built in Australia. It'll, it'll be here soon, right? That's right. Um but uh, thank you, Rode, for making this all possible. Well, at least pushing me over the edge into the fathomless depths of podcasting. And that is a word. Yes. As you can see, we're a little more laid back. My drugs have kicked in well and truly. And so I'm all fired up to 
Oh, put myself through a a sad movie. Yes. Uh, comparisons have been made on the internet uh, as far as sadness levels are concerned, comparing it to the likes of The Boy in the Striped Pyjamas, which we watched mm. a couple of weeks ago. The other thing is, um, it is our second film that is uh, made in a language other than English. Yes. It is made by the wonderful animation company of uh, Studio Ghibli. Mm -hmm. I'm saying Ghibli because apparently that is the way they say it, unless they don't. Mm. Because I've heard conflicting. Yes. I'd look it up, but I think it might take too much time for little value. Yes. So, um, Thomas, what are we watching tonight? We are watching the Studio Ghibli film Grave of the Fireflies. In the aftermath of a World War II bombing, two orphaned children struggle to survive in the Japanese countryside. To Sata and his four-year-old sister, the helplessness and indifference of their countrymen is even more painful than the enemy raids. Through desperation, hunger and grief, these children's lives are as heartbreakingly fragile as their spirit and love is inspiring. Right. Now, uh, when was this made? Uh, this was made... I should have brought this up, but... Uh, the copyright on the back does say 1988. Yes, so 1988. I'm so going is, to assume then or later. So it is a fairly old film, um, but I believe, judging from the large amounts of uh, recommendations written all pasted all over the case of the DVD, that it does come highly recommended. Um, but it is a tearjerker. So let's... Uh, with that, a, that or Madman are good at marketing, and I think it's safe to say they are. They are, yes. So without any further ado, uh, we're going to sit back and watch Grave of the Fireflies, and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. Just a warning before we get into saying anything, the cat is locked up in the same room as us, so any background noises are the cat and not us throwing things at each other. Um, um, although that's not necessarily out of the question. Not necessarily. Um, my goodness. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I thought the boy in the striped pyjamas was gruelling, but... Yeah. Uh, 
war sucks. War does suck. Um, and and this is really interesting because this is the first time I think that I have seen World War Two from the angle of the Japanese. Hmm. And everyday Japanese, you know, the people living in Japan, enduring the war. Yeah. Uh, I've seen, you know, the English uh, numerous occasions with the, the kids being uh, hauled off to distant uh, yeah. ends of uh, England to, to keep them safe. And I've seen French and German angles of similar scenarios with children as the central characters and and Mm. basically viewed from their um, eyes but this is the first time that uh, I've seen it viewed from Japanese eyes Mm. and I I feel guilty not even giving it any thought them being the enemy Mm. um, you know and that's in quotes Um, war is war is hell um, and it sucks yeah the film just got grimmer and grimmer and mm. and hope you you could just watch the hope draining out of of the two children and uh mm. and i guess at this point we uh should probably uh play this this is a spoiler break so if you don't want spoilers then leave before this sound so we start at the end. We we do start at the end, um, and it took took me a while to to work out what was going on there. And I I don't know whether it suffered from uh, first an explanation. We watched the English dub of it. Yes. Um, there was the option of watching subtitles, and most movies I prefer to watch subtitles. But with animation, I find subtitles tend to blend very poorly against illustrated backgrounds. Mm. So, uh, but I, I don't know whether it was due to the translation that, that things were lost mm. or, um, or whether it suffered from trimming once it got into the hands of uh, English uh, production. I, I don't know. As far as I can tell, the runtime was the same as mm. is listed. Okay. Okay, um, so possibly lost in translation, or I was particularly dim. I mean, I got it by a couple of the transitions between which eyes we were seeing things mm. from. The framing device is actually a reasonably good concept. Yes. Bizarrely, it was being developed and produced at exactly the same time as My Neighbour Totoro. And they were actually released at the same time as a double billing. Can you imagine oh. sitting through both of those? And I don't know which one would... They'd, yeah. I'd have to show Totoro after that just to yeah. have any hope of you coming out of the cinema not bawling your eyes out. I mean, I, I got quite choked up watching that sort of downward spiral, knowing this isn't Disney, this isn't going to end happily. I mean, we already knew right from the beginning that um, yeah, the, the boy was dead. Yeah, Sator dies lonely and starved in a train station. Yep, and no sign of his sister. And so I, I admit that I, I still had some hope that she would be all right, but there was already 
yeah, evidence mm. that no, she wasn't, because no. uh, they climbed onto, they ghostly climbed onto a train, which is a, yeah. a very common Studio Ghibli feature is is the yeah. the train and the, the carrying from one point to another. Yeah, uh, brilliantly made. Um, yep. Very basic compared to a, a lot of the later works from the studio. Yeah. Um, but still totally suitable for the narrative yes and the things that i learned i mean that that i hadn't again that guilt of not even thinking you know during the bombing raids they were basically dropping fire yes that they knew you know the the americans knew what their targets were they were houses made out of wood and paper yep um, why, why bother wasting explosives? Just rain fire upon them, and it and, was and devastating. This will be more effective anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fires spread, and homes were completely wiped out. And again, there's that guilt of, of you know, we, we all know of uh, Hiroshima yeah. and um, Nagasaki, and the impact that the nuclear bombs had uh, yeah. that, that, that finished the war. That was, that was interesting. That there was no absolutely no mention of that, even after announcing that the war was over. Yeah, and yet we still saw the absolute devastation of very simple technologically um, mm. methods of, of of wiping out people and civilians, which. You know, you, you certainly see um, and read about and know about. I mean, mm. I personally knew knew about the Blitz uh, yeah. and, you know, huge swathes of London being wiped out. And I knew of Germany being bombed. Um, but really the only bombing that I can admit to having any idea about, really, was the, the two bombs that basically ended the war. Yeah, but uh, there was so much more going on, and I, I'm I'm certainly grateful for that eye opener of um, being able to appreciate these everyday people, you know, having family wiped out and trying to survive, and other families trying to survive, and this expectation that everyone's still meant to be civil to one another, and that just mm. starts breaking down, uh, and it every man for himself. Yeah, the. The aunt treats them um, really quite poorly. Yes. Now, my understanding is that the the film was based on a short story and that angle wasn't necessarily in the original. And, in fact, there have been a couple of, uh, like a, a TV movie uh, yes. based on the same story, a, a couple, in fact, and... Mm. Um, one of which was actually taken from the view of the aunt, who in the right. the film we've just watched, um, yes, was quite selfish and concerned that she has to deal with these two children whilst still trying to feed her own family and and looked down upon them as as, as being a, a hindrance. Um, mm. The music was wonderful. Yep, um, very good soundtrack. Very good soundtrack. Just, just the whole atmosphere again was so raw. Um, yeah. you, you could see moments of happiness and happy places and and lush green places, but yeah, but but then interspersed. Uh, that was only being interspersed into 
scenes of utter devastation and you know complete neighborhoods burnt out and destroyed mm. and masses of people who were injured dying dead and and yeah. the medical teams unable to do anything about it so um completely under-resourced i mean yeah as would be the case if you know any of our capital cities were suddenly besieged mm. by uh, a reign of terror such as that and 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 we close we close with Sata and Setsuko's spirits just on a bench overlooking the city of Kobe, which is where they were living at the start of the film. And it's rebuilt. It's, it is modern. It's, it's, it's that one moment of hope to just bring it to a close. Yeah, uh, and that, that was the thing. You know, Japan survived... It recovered. It it has thrived since, um, and shown remarkable resilience. A wonderful city has grown up from that. But those children only saw it in ghost form. Yes. And I'm glad they did. But I would have been much happier if they survived. Yeah. And it, you know, it is a happily ever after for Japan. But not a happily ever after for them. No. Okay. Do you have anything else you, you wish to add before um, before I de- we decide as far as shelf uh, designation is concerned? Does it stay on the shelf or? It's it's once again a good film that I don't think I'm going to watch again. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and again, I think it falls into the same category as. Uh, you know, the comparison occurs yet again of The Boy in the Striped Pyjamas and a a number of other films that I sort of semi-referred to when I was listing the fact that I'd seen in film form from various different angles. Uh, There are a number of films on the shelf that are also gut-wrenching but do have an important place in my heart and that film has joined those Mm. Um, it is an important film and a film that once the rest of the kids are a little older i think it's important for them to see i really don't have a full grasp on how much of an impact world war ii has had on my kids Mm. i was born in the late 60s and the cold war was happening which is a direct result of yeah. World War Two, um, and and grew up watching you know, World War Two films, and most of them glorifying war. And so, World War Two is very much still an impact on me. But to have these types of films uh, and the impact of war and the non-glorification of them um, is is important. And and yet you wonder, you know. How it is important to me, but to the next generation, is there a thought connection that's strong enough to make it worth going through that uh, grief and understanding, you know, why that was an important film, mm. why it was important for me to see the Japanese point of view? I don't know. But uh, it's certainly staying on the shelf and not just to keep the Studio Ghibli uh, collection complete. All right. 
let's leave it at that. And we're going to try this next. What's on the show? You know it's probably DVDs. Okay, so a welcome to uh, What's on the Shelf, where our studio audience gets a chance to take a guess, take a, uh, a plunge at guessing what uh, odd and mysterious movies may or may not be lurking on the shelves, and whether either of us have actually seen them. Mm. So we've had these suggestions sent in via our Facebook page, which can be found uh, in the show notes Yep. if you want to join. And let's spin the wheel and come up with a, a number. There are currently eight in the queue. Selecting number four. Is The Lady and the Tramp on the shelf? Thanks, Helen, for sending that in. The Lady and the Tramp. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure the answer is yes. Look, actually, I'm not sure. Okay, I feel guilty now. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. It, is it on the shelf? It is yes. on the shelf, yes. So that is one point for on the shelf. I have seen it, so that's two it. points. And I've, I think I've seen it, so yeah, we'll 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 give that yeah, a point. Give that a point as well. Has it been converted from DVD to Blu-ray? No, it has not. It is no. still on DVD, and so you don't get a bonus point. And uh, the fact that I couldn't remember whether I, because yeah, yes, I I generally remember Disney animations that I. Have seen, and so if that is any way, way to to gauge whether something is a classic in my mind or not, um, yeah, I remember Zip. Yeah, no. All I know is there is a dog referred to as the Lady, and another dog referred to as the Tramp. Yes. So, uh, Helen, look, I'm I'm not going to be brutal at all here, except she does know we have kids. Yes. Um. And it is a kid's film, so let's multiply it by 0.8, shall we? Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, 0.8 times 3. Uh, that's 2.4, right? Um, yes. Okay. Which does put her at the top of the leaderboard uh, again. Top of the leaderboard. Helen has been quite prolific in her entry. Uh, just a reminder, and she has not broken this rule uh, um, since it has been reiterated that uh, you get one entry per week that gets added to the list. So, Yep. All right, then. So that wasn't that fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It may be a, uh, a feature that is dropped from the show. Who knows? Who knows if the show continues on because... Yeah. Yeah. Anywho... Well, we do have a, 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 at least a year's worth of material. We do have a year's worth of material, Yes. Whether we can keep this up for a year, I don't know. Um, okay, so on to the final uh, little bit of paperwork to uh, deal with before we close, and that is... Shake the phone and pick a film, and then we'll watch the film next week. So I'm actually going to cheat here a bit. Yes. Um, there's, there's a good reason. There is a good reason. I'm actually going to select rather than randomly select the next film. And the ne so the next week we are going to be watching... The Maze Runner, Death Cure. 
is that death, death cure. Okay, the reason being is that I have a 15-year-old daughter who is sort of catching up on the teen... Uh, dystopia. Dystopian-type films. They're studying it in high school and... Uh, and yes. we've we've been through uh, the Hunger Games with her, which she thoroughly enjoyed. She has read the books of the Maze Runner, as have I, and as have I not. And we have all now watched up to the final film, and none yes. of us have seen that. So it is no. actually on the shelf, unwatched, unloved, and still under wraps. Yes, which means that it's been on the list since since the list was inaugurated. That's right. But to be fair to everyone who's still hanging out to watch it, and I admit that dystopian films I have a love-hate relationship with, I mean, there are a lot of them on the shelf, so I obviously have some hunger being game for them. Mm. Yeah, I'll let that and one slide. So so next week, a fresh instalment in the sort of real-life series of films based on books I have read and Dad has not. That's right. So next week, not randomly generated, but chosen out of necessity for keeping my eldest daughter happy, especially. Thomas is just a superfluous, uh, <laughs> you know, I may not even let him watch it, yeah, but... Oh, of course you won't. <laughs> so that's what we're going to be watching next week. Anyway, we're uh, well over time, um, so let's just wrap things up. Thanks for listening. If anyone is listening anymore, um, my uh, podcast uh, Intel suggests that last week's episode was our least downloaded episode. That, and I, that tracks. I can see that trend continuing. Yeah. But we'll continue on until yeah. uh, we get sick of it because we're not doing this for you. Okay, we we are. Except, and, and that one segment where it's pretty explicitly for them. That's right. So um, thanks for listening, all of you, one. And, <laughs> and we'll um, catch you next time. Bye.